Welcome to the Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church, coming to your homes live from Portland, Oregon. We are a people of worship, work, and prayer, ready to serve the Lord, ready to serve with the community, and ready to withstand the enemy. for choosing to worship with us today. It is our prayer that during our worship experience that your love for God will be intensified, your faith be stirred, your hands get to clapping, and your feet get to dancing. After this song of preparation, be prepared to join Pastor Kimberly K. Black and the Greater St. Stephen's Church family as we bless the Lord. Thank you. 
It belongs to you always. 
Yes, you do, Lord. You deserve my praise. Adoration and glory belongs to you always. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, Thank you. 
to share the wisdom. I've been to get I've been set free. No more power, no more pain for me. Such a blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are just so grateful and tried of our Sunday school material. We're so mindful that. It brought us all the way to the Holy Week. To this wonderful day. We are grateful. We are thankful. We are blessed. Now I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. I pray, God, that you would give us all an understanding of your word and that we would all, Father God, be grateful and excited for what you are doing and what you're going to do in our lives. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Thank God and amen. 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 So we started our lesson on the first Sunday with the Lord has risen indeed. Amen. And we, we talked about uh, Jerusalem and how Jesus was brought before Pilate, how he was brought before Herod. Something that I gleaned in last Sunday's lesson, um, which was, oh, I'm sorry, last Sunday's lesson was the Lord has risen indeed. The Sunday before that, the 26th of March, the lesson was the Lord's Supper. Leading up to this very moment. Now, last Sunday, I just need to just, just need to help help share some stuff with y'all. Oh, the Lord shared with me and showed me in the lesson from last week. This is one of the things that I discovered in this lesson that um, um we can. And not realize that he's in our presence. We can be so caught up with the world events that we miss seeing the move of God. Or miss his presence dwelling and being among us. And in the lessons last week, that's what happened here. For the Cleopas was on his way to Amazus him and another disciple. They weren't of the original 12, they were a part of the 70. No, that was last week. Right? April 2nd. They were a part of the 70. And they were so disgusted with what had happened the whole weekend. They went to Jerusalem for a party. They were to hang out with family and friends. But in the midst of it, a riot broke out. And so they're on their way home Sunday. 
on their way back home from Jerusalem. And they're having an in-depth conversation about the events that happened Friday. Jesus was a king. Jesus was a Messiah. He was great. He was good. He turned water into wine. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He fed thousands upon thousands of people. He did nothing to deserve the death that was given to him. He was kind. He was loving. He was faithful to the call that he was. He said, I'm not here to do my will, but I'm here to do the will of the Father. And he made it to this other man. They were walking along the road having a conversation, and Jesus joined them. So I, I, before I move into this lesson, the Lord appears. I want to remind us because so much is going on in the world. Just the other night, down the street from us on 21st and Buffalo, which is right behind the house, two folks were found dead. It's, it's getting closer. Yeah. It's been close. It's yeah. too close. Yeah. Yeah. We, we see now the, 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 the unrest that's in Palestine is on the news now. Yeah. But it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. A long time. But now it's in the news. Yeah. You got a man that was indicted on some crime, but did not have to pay any penalty for his crime. Sound like to me some old stuff back here in with Barabbas. Barabbas was guilty. Yes. He was guilty. He was a criminal. He 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 did. The first insurrection on the Roman government. And the crowd was like, set him free, leave him alone, let him go. Give us Jesus, who had done nothing to us. So what? Go back and read your lesson. But what I want us to understand from last week's lesson is that God is in the midst of everything that's going on. God is in control of every situation. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how bad it sounds. I don't care how much it hurts. You all understand what I'm saying? God is in the midst. So today, our lesson, we're on page 362. The lesson says that the Lord appears. Now, I, 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 it's funny because um, he appeared a couple of times. The first message was from the angel to the women. He's not here. He has risen. Go and tell them. Right? Then he appeared with Cleotus and the other disciples. They invite him to go and have dinner with him. They recognize him because of what? His habits. He, he, he took over the party. He was the guest. But he took over the party. He took their bread. 
blessed it, broke it, and passed it out. And they were like, are we on the same this This looks familiar. Then he took that cup, blessed that cup, and passed it around. That's when they recognized who he was. What's it going to take for us today? To recognize him. When he's right there in the midst of us. So our lesson, Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 36. I'm just going to read this because it really speaks for itself. I just wanted to share with us that we dare not miss God in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our tribulations, and expect him to show up. That's what this is all about. Expect him to show up. Luke 24. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. Look, it says suddenly. In the midst of your getting angry, your flipping the script, he can show up suddenly. <laughs> Verse 37 says, but the whole group was startled and frightened, they thinking that they were seeing a ghost. 38 says, why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? He said, look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost. Because ghosts don't have bodies. He spoke. He showed them his hands and his feet. The nail print in his hand. The nail print in his feet was there as a sign that he was nailed to the old rugged cross. A sign that he was buried in a bottom tomb. A sign that he rose from the dead. And there he is before them. Still, they stood in, in their disbelief. How many of us still stand in disbelief? We, we, we want to know what the doctor said. Doctor said that if I don't if I don't take this medicine, I'm gonna die. Doctor say if I don't if I don't do this, that, that's a possibility. It is a possibility. But I know that God is a healer. I know that God will answer prayer. Yeah. I know that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all things. Ask or demand. Let's not have any unbelief in our hearts today. We gotta believe, church. That's what's wrong with the world today. The world does not believe what happened over 2,000 years ago was real. They think it's a movie. They think that somebody just sat up and broke this down. This could not have happened. We gotta believe it. We were not like those disciples in that room to see the print in his hand. We did not get to see the nail print in his feet. We did not get to see the scar from the thorn of of, of the crown of thorns that had impressed upon. We didn't get to see the holes in his head. We didn't get to see the, the wound in his side. 
yet. But the Bible says to them who have not seen, but believe, they are blessed. So don't lose your blessing. Don't lose your blessing. Just because he don't show up when you think he should, he's still God. So they stood there in their disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? Now remember, he didn't eat with them when they were in the upper room. He told them, he said, I'm not going to eat right now. I, I got, got work to do. I'll eat later. I'll eat later. They gave him what? A piece of boiled fish. And he ate it as they watched. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Now you all read the, the, the Psalms of Palm Sunday last week. There was quite a few of them. I did not have to read all of them. But from Psalms 113 to Psalms 118 are the Psalms of Palm Sunday. When you read through all of them, they tell you this story. And it's a collection of writings from the other prophets of Isaiah, Ezekiel, that talk about the coming Messiah. Verse 25 says, then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. People say, I don't understand the word of God. People say, I don't know how to pray. People say, I don't know how to fast. People say, I don't know how to forgive. People say, I don't know how to believe. Well, the verse right here says, he opened their minds. If you need your mind open today, James says, ask him for it. And he who gives things liberally will give unto you what you need. If it's according to his will. Lord, I don't know how to pray. Lord, teach me how to pray. Lord, I don't know how to fast. Lord, show me how to fast. Lord, I don't know how to believe. Lord, teach me how to believe. Lord, I don't have no patience. Lord, show me how to have patience. Bible said he gives understanding to the mind. Now we heard uh, the United Negro College one tell us that the mind is a terrible thing to waste. That's the truth, y'all. But guess who can restore your mind and keep it in perfect peace? That's what I saw there in that verse right there. Verse 46, and he said, yes, it is written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Our sins can be forgiven if we repent. Repent is not saying, oh, I'm sorry. My bad. I messed up. I could have did something different. You caught me. 
That's not repenting. Repenting is saying, I just lied. Lord, forgive me for lying. Now I need you to bridle my tongue. So that when I speak, I speak truth. And I, when I open my mouth, I just don't start talking to hear myself up. But you know, that's what liars do. They talk to hear themselves. <laughs> they just keep talking. And before you know it, they got a whole big old story. And they know the truth. And that's how a little leaven lumping up the whole lot. Repent. Your sin may not be my sin, but sin is sin. And sin separates us from the love of God. I don't know about you today, but I gotta have a closer walk with him. I need to have a closer walk with him. But sometimes this mind forgets to glorify him. Sometimes this mind forgets that, that, that God will keep you a perfect peace and then you want to say a few things. He says, you are witnesses of all these things. What things? They saw the miracle. They saw Lazarus risen from the dead. They saw the dead damsel get up. Peter's mother-in-law healed. They saw the woman with the issue of blood touch him and was made whole. They saw him spit into some dirt and rub the dirt on folks' eyes and they became uh, able to see it. They saw that. They saw him take that little boy's lunch and feed all them people that were sitting on the hill, listen to him teach her up to be attitude. They saw it. Then they saw how the people betrayed him. Even his disciples was denying him, running and hiding, because they didn't want to be known associates of him. Don't let that be us today. Don't let that be us today. The world is going to come. It's going to come a time in this world that, that Christians will be killed for their faith. It's coming out. Are we going to be faithful? Or are we going to be like Peter? I don't know. What you talking about? That ain't my Bible. I don't know that church. I don't know that people. Will that be us today? We got to be steadfast. When we suffer for him, we reign with him. Don't you want to be with him one day? Don't you want to be in heaven one day? Don't you want to see the glory of the Lord? Don't you want to behold this thing? Verse 49 says, And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. We need power, thanks of God. If you were to jump over to the next book, book that Luke wrote, which is Acts chapter 1, Luke will tell you, we did just what Jesus told us to do. We stayed here and we waited on the Holy Ghost to come. We prayed, we danced, we 
whole room. And everybody that was in the room at first, they were talking, we couldn't understand what they were saying. But after the Holy Ghost fell, we could understand the hallelujah from the Chinese. We could understand the hallelujah from the Japanese. We could understand the hallelujah in Swahili. We could understand the hallelujah in Spanish. We were with one accord. The Holy Spirit will come upon us. So, Pastor, what are you saying to us today? I'm saying that we cannot do anything on our own. We have to have the Holy Spirit. If, if you don't have it, wait for it. Well, how do I wait for it? Get somewhere, turn off the TV, turn off the cell phone, turn off Facebook, Snapchat, whatever else there is, to turn off. And lay up the Lord and ask him for his Holy Spirit. Something's going to happen to us that we can't control on our own. We want to be able to think through it, y'all. We want to be able to talk through it. It's going to be so devastating that we're going to have to depend on the Holy Ghost. I remember when Pastor Gary was in California, and the doctor said, you need to call the family together because he's going to die. He's not going to leave here. I got home. I said, I'm going to call the family, but I'm calling the prayer I'm calling the saints of God because I need the Holy Ghost to move on my behalf. What the doctor saw God didn't see. Come on now, y'all mind quiet. What the doctor saw, God didn't see. God raised him up. Allowed him to walk out the hospital. Driving you on truck from California to Fort Oregon. I'm sure that doctor was just baffled. Because the report that he gave was death. But God said, You shall live. And declare the glory of the Lord. We gotta speak those things that are not as though they were. And the only way we have that kind of mindset is if we can feel with the Holy Ghost. Because don't no ordinary person see life in a dead situation. Only the Holy Ghost. Only the Holy Ghost. So it says, then Jesus led them to Bethany and lifting his hands to heaven. He blessed them. While he was blessing them, he let them, he let them, and was taken up to heaven. Now, Luke kind of jams all this together. If we really look, because remember the, the beginning part of this, Luke was what? A detailed writer. Right? But he left out some stuff. So, the the, the, the the Pentecost, that was in Acts chapter 1, right? How many days did Pentecost come after Passover? 40 days. So all of this happened in a time of 40 days. It, it, it wasn't just that Sunday because uh, they went to Emmaus on early Sunday morning after the, the message had been given he was not there. That was Sunday. But Chapter 24, where we are right now, is over a period of time 
Sunday and the next 40 days. And then Luke takes us into Acts chapter 1, talking about the Holy Ghost, being in the upper room, being with one accord. Amen? It says, and the people of God worship him and return to Jerusalem with great joy. And they spent all their time in the temple praising God. Heaven's going to be like. That's what heaven's going to sound like. All your time praising God. So if God is on the time limit for you here, don't y'all go to heaven. Because there ain't going to be no time limit there. Ain't gonna be no. It's time to cut it off, Jesus. It won't be that. Because it will be a continuous praise, a continuous party, a continuous time of giving Him thanks. So how how what 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 do we get out of this lesson? What what let's let's talk about the meaning of this lesson. The meaning of this lesson is people make promises. That they do not keep. This can cause us to doubt people when they tell us they will do certain things. What qualities make a person trustworthy? What qualities make a person trustworthy? Are you trustworthy today? Do people trust your word? Or do you say one thing and do it? We learn to trust people based on their word. Jesus proved he is trustworthy because he has fulfilled every promise made. He wants us to trust him unconditionally and to seek to live out his promises. In today's society, it can be a difficult living out the promises of God. What hinders us from seeking to fulfill God's promises. How can we overcome those stumbling blocks? They're here saying, trouble is here. Trouble is here. Stumbling blocks present themselves before us every day. Every morning when we wake up, there's a target on our back. Because the devil say, I bet you today will be the day I'll make her, I'll make him cut God. Walk away from being faithful, kind, and obedient, loving, trusting. We have every opportunity every day to, to, to exemplify Christ. So how can we apply this lesson to our lives? It says Jesus appeared to the disciples to prove that he had been resurrected and to give reassurance to them. Sometimes we need evidence before we believe promises made by others. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection fulfilled all the prophecies of the Old Testament about the Messiah. He is trustworthy. He is trustworthy. What promises has God made to you today? 
through his word. There is no need to delay and seeking the fulfillment of God's promises in your life. This week, do yourself a favor and go back to those promises that God has promised you. If you can't remember, what you need to do? Ask, Lord, bring to my remembrance what you promised me. He's a good God. He's a kind God. He's a God that cannot lie. So he ain't going to act like he don't forgot for the fair. He ain't going to say, Mother Hand, well, Julie, I don't remember what I told you. That's how we do. That's not him. If you say, Lord, I, I, I know you promised me something in, 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 in 1924. I don't remember what it was. But help bring it to my remembrance. So that I can begin to praise you right now. And give you thanks. And to bless your holy name for the blessing that got my name on it from 1924. He can do just that. Amen. Let's prepare our hearts and minds to receive the Lord's Supper. Um, if you are at home, um, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to grab your cracker, a juice, water, piece of bread. If you're eating dinner, pause for a moment, make that cornbread or that uh, Hawaiian roll be your bread that you're going to break with us on today. But we are going to partake of the Lord's Supper. That's what we would bow our heads. So that we can pray and ask God to forgive us, to cleanse us, to help us be appreciative of what He did for us on Calvary. He paid the price. We could never pay the price to redeem a life. We could never pay the price. So let's pray and ask God now to cleanse our hearts, to purge our minds, that as we commune, we commune appreciating what he did for us. And then ask him to give us that joy and that peace as we wait patiently for his return. He's coming back, thanks. He's coming back.
Yes, he arose, he arose. 